it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. Introducing the Business Beauty Network Virtual Summit, the virtual experience for beauty pros, sponsored by QT Business Solutions. October the 25th through the 27th, we have 10 speakers, two panels, three nights. This is going to be a phenomenal event. On the first night, we're going to learn how to start, grow, and fund our beauty businesses. We also have a beauty boss panel. And on the second night, we're going to learn product development, learn what it takes to start your own beauty brand. And we also have a product development panel. And on the third night, we're going to learn how to attract celebrity clients. We have a total of nine workshops, 10 speakers, two panels, and three nights. This event is going to be phenomenal. We're going to do several raffle prizes and giveaways. We have a VIP swag bags, a few live demonstrations, and so much more. You can get your tickets at bbnvs2020.eventbrite.com. I hope to see you there. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I am super excited to share today's episode with you. I had the pleasure in interviewing Kanisha Coleman. Kanisha is an award-winning CPA, and she's the owner of Coleman Tax. And I really enjoy talking with her and just learning more about different ways we could save on our taxes as beautypreneurs. What I do know is as a beautypreneur myself is sometimes all of those things like taxes and finances can be kind of scary if you really just don't know what you're doing. But if you get the right information and put the right systems in place and work with someone like Kanisha to help you, it can make your life much easier and you can really save money more so than wasting money every year by having those things in place. So I think you're really going to enjoy this interview. She gave some awesome insight and some awesome gems. And here's a little bit of Kanisha's bio. Kanisha Coleman is an award-winning CPA, IRS enrolled agent, and certified tax coach who specializes in helping ambitious and driven beauty entrepreneurs save money by optimizing their tax and financial lives. Kanisha launched Coleman Tax in 2018, where the mission is to be the resource for beauty entrepreneurs by providing the tax and accounting expertise of a big tax firm in a comfortable small firm atmosphere with lots of personal attention. Coleman Tax is a boutique tax firm that offers tax planning, compliance, and resolution services, as well as CFO-level services. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview, and here it goes. Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's your host, Brandy Taylor, and we have an awesome guest today, Kanisha Coleman. Welcome, Kanisha. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Brandy. It's a pleasure to be here. I am super excited to talk with you today, Kanisha. So, Kanisha, tell us something about yourself that most people would not know. Okay, so most people, and, and I don't mean to toot my own horn, but for the longest time, okay, my name is Kanisha. And for the longest time, it was like, okay, people would give me all these crazy nicknames, Kiki, Nini, whatever, KK, all of that, right? I never got like a really good nickname. I Googled my name once. My name means beautiful woman. Beautiful woman. And to me, 
that was like full circle. Like, no wonder, number one, I am a beautiful woman. But number two, I am the beauty CPA as well. So that is just fitting for like all aspects of my life right now. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, beautiful woman. That was a nice story. <laughs> Thanks for sharing, Kanisha. Great. So, Kanisha, you just said you're a CPA. So, tell us a little bit about your business and what you do. Absolutely. So, I, again, I refer to myself as the beauty CPA because I own Coleman Tax, and that is a boutique tax firm that exclusively serves beauty entrepreneurs. I help them save money on taxes and streamline their accounting functions within their beauty business. So, in short, hey, I, I save y'all money. I save you money. My, my focus is tax, but we also provide bookkeeping services because that is a large part of saving money on taxes. So I, I, I serve, um, like I said, a full range of beauty entrepreneurs. So that's from our service providers as well as those who sell products as well. And so, you know, that's what I do. I am really that numbers person within your business that's going to make sure that that tax expense line is as low as it possibly can be. Yes, yes, definitely want to make sure of that. So, Kanisha, how did you niche down to beauty professionals? So, you're a CPA. Like, what made you decide to work with beauty people? Great, great question. So, I remember when I first started out on my own, I'm not going to lie, I was, I was doing everything and everybody. And that's just because I'm one of those people that get bored really fast. And I didn't want to, like, focus on one thing. I like to, like, kind of learn about a lot of different areas. But then I said, you know what? I, I, do, I was ready to niche down, and I wanted to be something that I organically cared about, right? So besides um, in my spare time, what am I spending my time and money on? And for me, I was, I'm regular every six weeks at a braid shop spending eight to ten hours you know, or at a hair salon, or getting my nails done, or keeping up with makeup trends and things like that. I was organically interested in those areas. So I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to let my business mind meet my, you know, my beauty mind, and I'm going to marry the two. And to me, it was such a natural move, because it doesn't even feel like work at times. It doesn't even feel like work at times, because if we're sitting here, we're talking about a beauty business and ways to save money. I like saving money. That's what I went to school to learn how to do. And at the same time, I am working with and helping a beauty entrepreneur. Beauty entrepreneurs are some of the most creative folks I have ever met. The most creative, innovative, trend-setting, down-to-earth people I have ever met. And so I, it's just it's such a pleasure working with them. And that's why I just committed to this industry. Did you see that there was a lack of knowledge in the area of, you know, tax and accounting and what you and bookkeeping and things of that nature and what you offer in this community? Yes, I did. I did. So if you if you think about like the average business model of a beautypreneur, um, let's say the service provider, they're like up and going all day, 10, 12 hour day sometimes on their feet when they do get a minute to sit down. I understand or I recognize and I understand that numbers, especially taxes, is not going to be like the first thing they go to. They want to see the money that they made and they see that that's a great number and they're good. Well, I am here to serve and help. Remember, it's not what you make. 
it's what you keep. And that tax expense line, that's going to be one of the biggest expenses you pay is taxes. So that's where I come in to say, okay, either I educate the beauty entrepreneur on how to keep that line as low as possible, or, you know, I'll partner with you and your business and I'll do it for you. Um, but, but definitely the art, when it comes to a beauty entrepreneur, the art I recognize definitely kind of takes over the business part. And that needs to be balanced if we're going to save money. Keep money. Definitely. And I can, I, I absolutely agree with you. Sometimes, you know, as beauty professionals, we're so involved in doing our skill, whatever our craft is, whether it's makeup, hair, lashes, brows, whatever that may be, that we're not necessarily always looking at the business side. Sometimes I know when I got into beauty, I wasn't thinking like a business. I just wanted to do makeup. You know what I'm saying? And then as I began to do makeup and started to make money, then I started looking at things differently because I decided this is something that I want to do full time. So, okay, how can I make this a business? And even when I did make it a business, I didn't really know all the things that on the business side of it that you really needed. I just knew, you know, okay, how to get clients, um, and I was a great networker and things like that. So I, I figured out how to get clients. I figured out how to get people to pay me. But like you said, how to keep the money and manage all that, that's a whole different thing. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you know, like I said before, it's not what you make, it's what you keep. And what you keep, that's just, that's wealth building. We cannot, beauty entrepreneurs, um, they, I want them to remember that. And I remind my clients this often. You're on your feet. Like you do hair, you do makeup, you're, you're on your feet, you're in a shop. How long do you think that's going to last physically? I know in your mind and your love for the art will last forever, and I admire that. But we, want, we all want to retire someday. And so how can we keep the money that we're making now in our younger years to scale our business, to make more money, and then use that to wealth build, wealth build in order to retire someday. That's what it's all about. It's not about just making the money, keeping the money for the sake of having money. Then what else are we doing with that money? We are scaling our business. We're reinvesting in our team. We are um, maybe even going pivoting and adding on other uh, streams of income, right? Because I think this here pandemic taught us service providers a good thing. It's, it's, it'll, it would have been great for all of us to have um, another way of making income other than having to physically be in front of someone. So maybe the tax savings can go to that. Um, or you can just hoard it until you retire and retire a millionaire somewhere. Um, but we can't do any of that if we're giving away 30, 35% to the government and we, and we don't have to. And so what are some, let's talk about that. Cause I wanna know some ways that we cannot give 35% to the government some ways that we can save for retirement and things of that nature. So let's kind of dive into that a little bit, Kanisha. Okay, for sure. So the first thing I'm going to say um, as to how do we get that tax bill as low as possible? A lot of beauty entrepreneurs um, that I meet, that I work with, um, they don't do bookkeeping. Or they do their bookkeeping just by looking at the bank statement. This is what I made. This is what I spent. And that's it. And I think in bookkeeping, having a formal bookkeeping system is a better way of tracking expenses because you cannot manage what you don't track. 
and, and looking at your bank statement, your bank statement is not a way of tracking income and expenses. It's a tool, but it's not a way. Right. I like that. You said you cannot manage what you don't track, right? Mm -hmm. So I love that. So tell us what bookkeeping is for the people that may not know. Absolutely. Bookkeeping is uh, the tracking of all of your financial transactions. So the revenue that you have earned, the money you made, and then the money that is going out of the business. So all of your expenses. And it doesn't have to be something sophisticated. Like, for example, I know a lot of CPAs, they recommend QuickBooks. I love QuickBooks and I recommend them too. But if you are a newbie, like a beginner, beginner, you may just want to start with like a simple Excel spreadsheet, which will do the job. And it gets you in the habit of looking at income in and income out. So I would say, you know, that's what bookkeeping is. And I would say start small if you're not ready for the sophisticated, you know, cloud accounting systems. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because sometimes, you know, um, that could be all of that could be overwhelming, especially for people who may not be techie, who may just be, you know, artists and they're great at their craft, but they're not really good with all of those things. So it's great to know that you could just start with a simple spreadsheet, but just really tracking what's coming in, what's going out. Absolutely. And then you'll see, I feel like that's big on not just from a tax perspective, but an expense management perspective, right? So we talk about um, the money that you made and being very excited about, you know, you just getting how much, let's say you made a thousand in a day from all the clients you took. Well, if your expenses was a thousand fifty, you really made no money. <laughs> Working for free. You you work for free. You know what I'm saying? Actually, you you may end up pay you paid to work, actually, you know? So um you have to not even just from a tax perspective, which is important, just from your business, uh, are you making money or are you spending too much on things that have no return on investment? Meaning whatever you spend your money on in your business should have a return. You should be able to, let's say if you bought this uh, shampoo product or whatever, and for example, it hypothetically it costs you $20, right? Is it doing something for the service you provide or for the client that you are doubling or tripling the money that you get back? If it's not, it shouldn't be there. Everything you spend money on in business should make you, most things you spend money on in business should make you money back. If it's not, it needs to go. So, so the Starbucks that you buy every day, the Starbucks Frappuccino might not be making you no money. So maybe you want to cut back on the Starbucks machine. <laughs> right. I feel you. I feel you. You know, I used to spend a lot of money there, but since, you know, COVID and everything and being working from home more, I'm making my own coffee. But yeah, that can be a, a large expense for people as well. It adds up. Mm -hmm. Definitely adds up. So in addition to bookkeeping, what would you say next? Okay. So after bookkeeping, I'm going to go into, and I'm going to use a term that, Admittedly, most entrepreneurs aren't really, you know, uh, that knowledgeable about, but I'm going to say always be tax planning, right? Always be tax planning. Tax planning is, all tax planning is, just to define it, is putting your affairs in order so that you pay less tax. It's just, you know what I mean? So, for example, and I gave this strategy out 
uh, last week, actually. Let's take, I'm going to give a tax planning strategy. So let's take the service provider. Let's take the hairstylist, right? She leaves her home, and it could be male or female, but I'm going to say her. She leaves her home. She goes to her salon. She does hair all day, maybe 10 or 12 hours, okay? She leaves the salon. At the end of the day, she comes back home. She realizes that she needs to order supplies, look at her numbers, make sure she sends reminders to her clients for tomorrow's appointment, okay? She did that at her home. Most hairstylists I meet, they don't have a home office. You're not doing that. All the administrative stuff I just talked about, you're not doing it behind the chair. Y'all don't have an office at y'all salon most of the time. Y'all doing it at home. So you should be taking a home office deduction. There's an there's a, there's added to this, there's a bonus to this, that this part I just love right here. Because now you have two workplaces. You have a home office that you do your management and administrative duties. And now you have a salon where you provide the service to the client. Now you have two workspaces. The commuting now between the two spaces, now that's tax deductible. In a regular work situation, you cannot take commuting expense. When you leave your home just to go to your job, that's not tax deductible. But, but, for, the, but for the beauty entrepreneur in that situation I just described, now you can take home office deduction. And now you can take mileage to and from work every single day. That adds up to some big, and that's stuff that you would have done anyway. You get a deduction for that. That saves you money. Awesome. So how? what are some ways that you would recommend tracking these things? That goes back to, okay, so there are some tools. So for example, for, um, for the home office deduction, that's just a matter of taking data that you already have, right? So you would take uh, the cost that it is to keep your, your home or your apartment up, so your mortgage or your rent, all of the utilities, and you basically would just take the area you work in in your home as a percentage of the entire home and, and take that ratio to the expenses you already pay. So that's data you already have. You already know that. As far as tracking mileage, there's an app I love called Mile IQ. You press a button when you get in, press a button when you get out. But again, let's say you don't even have that app. You know it's five miles to and from home to salon. You know that route, you take that route every day. And you just you know keep that for your records and remember to take that on your tax return. Tips, great tips. I think these are definitely some great tips, you know, just really, you know, planning everything out and putting everything in order so that you pay less. And, um, you know, I know a lot of people may not even be familiar with that home office deduction. And I, I was familiar with the miles and everything for sure, but definitely. So what are some other ways that we can save? Oh, absolutely. So I have like strategies for days. So another one that I love. And this is for um, the beauty entrepreneur that is in uh, S corporation or partnerships or C corporations. One of the strategies that you can take, well, when you're a corporation, when you are those entity types, you are required to have 
at least two, one or two like shareholder meetings. Even if you're the only owner, you still gotta have these meetings, even if they're with yourself, okay? One strategy that could save you some money is that you can rent your home 14 days or less. You do not have to report the income as the individual, but your company takes the deduction. So essentially what you're doing is you're renting your home or your apartment to your company and you get a deduction for that and you don't have to report the income that saves money. So in situations, what I would do is when I talk to spa owners or salon owners, I would say, Hey, if you want to have an employee meeting or employee retreat or just a gathering, have it at your home and rent your home to your company. So you make some money on the back end and don't pay tax on it, but then your corporation gets the deduction. That saves a ton of money. Now that's interesting. I've never heard that before. That's interesting. Yep. It's called the Augusta strategy. It has a long old story. It got something to do with golf, but that's what it's called. It's called the Augusta strategy. Now, you know, just a disclaimer for your audience. Don't go just doing this stuff. There's some other mechanisms that need to be in place. <laughs> but that's that's the you know high level overview of how it works. Rent your your space to your company for the deduction. It is saves a ton of money, thousands. I think that is that is great. But this is what I want to touch on, Kanisha. Even just, you know, I'm aware of these, a lot of these things we talked about, and I'm glad that we're pointing it out. And some of them I was not, but it can be overwhelming for the everyday person, let alone the person who's worried about servicing their clients all day. So, and I know that this is not my lane, and that's why I have a CPA on my side. And I think other people should. Why do you think that as beauty professionals, like like you said earlier, we were talking about hair. You like I don't do hair. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This this is what I say. I would encourage the beauty entrepreneur to really um, just to really be self aware, right? I let's not do all the things, right? You went to uh, beauty school, cosmetology school for a craft, and that is what you're good in, and that is what you excel in. What I would say is give yourself peace of mind and partner with a CPA, a tax professional to handle all these things with you. Now, when I say handle all these things with you, that's what I mean with you. Now they'll do the number crunching, they'll do the analysis, but this really has to be a partnering in your business, right? It does not like take you from having the responsibility of, you still need to understand your numbers. You wanna make sure that your business is financially healthy. But when it comes to the number crunching and stuff, I would rather you not, I would rather you get a professional to partner with to take care of this for you than not do it at all because that costs you more money by not doing it at all than hiring out. I don't do my own hair. I will never do my hair because I don't know what I'm doing. And even if I knew what I'm doing, let's say you're the beauty entrepreneur and you're a superstar and you can do all the things. The example that I give is it takes 24 hours for the average person to do their own tax return. For the beauty entrepreneur, how much money could you make in 24 hours? Or would you rather fiddle around with numbers? 
you can give that work to me and I can do it in an hour because that's what I went to school for and because I know what I'm doing. So it come to a point where it costs you money for you to be doing this yourself, the numbers and the taxes. Just hire out, let them take care of it for you, get together, you guys have a real conversation, you understand your numbers, make sure you're financially healthy, and you can stay in your zone of genius and providing great services to your clients. Yes, I would agree because I'm really realizing a lot of times, you know, as an entrepreneur, you do wear all the hats, you know, like, so you're in the beginning, especially if you're not making a whole lot of money yet, you, you can't necessarily afford to hire out all the time or you think you can't. And so because you think you can't afford to hire people, you think you have to do everything yourself, but in order to grow and really expand your business, you can no longer do everything yourself. And so, and especially if it's not your area of expertise, like you said, like the reason why people come to you for hair or makeup or whatever, because that's your area of expertise, that's what you do best. So when you're looking for someone to help you on, you know, your taxes and your bookkeeping and all those things, then you hire a CPA because that's what they do best. Mm -hmm. And so, and that way, you know, you're not worried about the things that is not your, you know, strong suit. Like, that's not what you do. You do, you do a service and you hire the people that you need. But also, if you do need to do the things yourself, then making sure that you partner with somebody like you. And I know you offer tools that if, you, if they want to do it themselves, they can. So let's talk about that as well. Absolutely. So I have, I have a couple of different options, right? So of course, I do done-for-you services. But for those beauty entrepreneurs that are not quite you know, ready for that, uh, that service offering, I do have um, a couple of digital products, right? So right now, I'm finishing one. It is the you know, Stay and Get Ready Accounting and Tax Toolkit. And what that does is, you know, for the beauty entrepreneur just starting out or you've been in business, right? But you haven't formalized your business yet. It goes through all of the business entity structures and the reasons you would choose each one. Or if you've been in business for a while, why you should be looking to switch. Because we, you don't, if you pick an LLC from the start, you, it, it, it will get to a point where you need to switch out of it, right? It will go, this, this, digital product, this online course, it will go through, um, it goes through getting an EIN and your business licenses. Um, it'll also grow through bookkeeping and what it is and the different systems and tools that are available to you. And I have an awesome bookkeeping template in this course. Um, for those who are newer to bookkeeping, you go ahead, you do all your tracking and it builds your financial statements when you're done. So that's not even a separate process. If you track like you're supposed to, you have a set, your profit and loss statement and a balance sheet and a cash flow at the end of the year. Um, and so it goes through some of those foundational things that beauty entrepreneurs really need to get up and running and just be prepared for, for, for anything, whether they just need to know their numbers or they need to apply for a loan or time to do taxes. So 
Well, that sounds great already, especially being the tool that you were talking about, that if you implement everything and you put all your numbers and you track everything, it's going to give you your profit and loss and all those things. That's all. That sounds like an awesome tool already. So, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, um, if you use these tools, right, it'll get you familiar with uh, the business mindset that you're looking to start to adopt. Right. And so when you're at a point where you're hiring out now, now you know what to look for within that that professional and you know how to. You know how to evaluate them as a professional because you've already kind of adopted this mindset and was starting to do it yourself in the first place. So I like I said, it is the, you know, get and stay ready tax and accounting toolkit. I have that. Um, that's going to be finalized in a couple of weeks or so. It'll go online. And then I still have, you know, I have freebies out there for folks that just want to like awareness of what things are. I have a tax planning freebie out there and I have a um, can I deduct this? It's like an ultimate tax deduction guide for beautypreneurs so that you are aware of what you can and cannot deduct in your business. That's a really common question I get as well. So, you know, I have something for everybody. Awesome. I think it's great. Um, so I'll definitely make sure that I put the uh, links to all of that in the show notes. Make sure you get all of that to me. And if you're interested in any of her tools and resources that she offers, I'll have that in the show notes for sure. So, yeah, I think this is great because I, I like the fact that you meet people where they are, where they are. And so that way, you know, if there's someone who's been in business for years and maybe they, you know, have been filing their taxes, but they need a little help with, because they, they may be paying too much. They may, you know, and all of that, they may not be um, putting aside funds for that. And so let's kind of talk about that as well, because a lot of business owners aren't, aren't aware that you should do it quarterly. Yeah. And, um, you know, so how often you should file your taxes, because I didn't know that at first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some of those things. So let's talk about that. For sure, for sure. So quarterly estimated taxes. Now, if just to talk a bit about what that is, if you guys can remember, if you've ever worked like a W two job and they take taxes out of your check, either weekly or biweekly or whatever, that's the same thing. Uh, quarterly estimated taxes. That is the self employed person withholding state and federal taxes from their income and sending it into the government quarterly. It's the same concept. Now, if you're self-employed and you estimate that your tax liability is gonna be at least $1,000 or more, you're required to do quarterly estimated tax payments, which just quick plug, the Q3 2020 quarterlies are due in about six days on September the 15th. So um, yeah, it, it it's something that you have to do. Number one, don't think you don't have to do them. You do have to do them. If you're making any sorts of money, you, you have to do them. Okay. Um, so that's, that's, I, I want to kind of like change the mindset on that period. Now, if you don't do it, you won't go to jail. It, it, it'll be fine. You'll just have to pay a penalty at the end of the year. You're going to pay some money to the government for not sending in withholding tax quarterly and who wants to do that so my recommendation what i recommend to my clients is that on a and they can choose the frequency right 
they can choose whatever works for their cash flow. If you, you can do this weekly, monthly, or quarterly. I don't recommend quarterly, it's too far out. I would do a weekly or monthly. Whatever money that you have made for that week or that month, automatically transfer 30% of that to a separate account that you don't look at, that you don't touch, that you almost forget about. It's kind of like an out of sight, out of mind thing because you want it to sit there and to the end of each quarter of the year, you could take that money, send it in to the federal government and the state government. Now, that 30% I just described, 25% of it is for the feds, 5% of it is for your state. And that's how I want you to do it. So for example, if you made $20,000, you subtract your bills, your bills are 15 grand. So you have $5,000 of net income left for the month. Take out 30% of that, put it in a separate account, and you do this month after month. Or if you want to do it weekly, you do it weekly. But transfer, and you can get these transfers automatic, right? So you can say, okay, if you're at Chase Bank, Chase Bank every week transfer 30% of my balance, transfer that into this savings account over here. You don't even see it. You literally forget about it, you know? And then when the quarter closes, you have a pile of cash there you can send in to pay your taxes every quarter. This is awesome because what happens is when you file your tax return and you have a bill, that bill is already taken care of because you've been paying quarterlies. If you don't pay quarterlies, now you got this big old amount you got to take care of. Right, right. So that prevents you having this huge shocker at the end of the year. You yes. know, so if you're putting aside money to pay your taxes, so like I like the whole 30%, just have 30% come out you know, every month. And then that way, you know, you have that there. And then when you do file quarterly, you can take care of it. And you're not scrambling trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to pay this? Because mm -hmm. it's already spent because you weren't tracking it or planning for it or any of those things. So that's definitely great for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about this too. Now, as far as bank accounts, I, I talk to a lot of, you know, beautypreneurs and everything. And a lot of times they're, you know, unsure of like, what's the best route to go with my business banking account? So when I do set everything up, what is, what is the best thing to do? So what are some recommendations? I know there's a lot of banks out there, but maybe give us a few options that you really like and that you would recommend for us. For sure. So specifically the banks that I like, my number one top U.S. bank. U.S. bank because um, for their business checking account, they do not require a minimum. They do not require, which is sometimes that's, that sometimes that is very helpful for the beautypreneur first starting out. So they don't have to like try to come up with this $100, $500 minimum for a business checking account. We like U.S. Bank because you can do it right away and then you can prevent commingling your funds. U.S. Bank has a lot of like online tools. They have a banking app. You can get paid through Zelle, which is awesome for your clients who don't like to bring cash. Um, so I love U.S. Bank. Also, they're very favorable in granting um, business credit as well. And that's something that the beautypreneur may want to think about doing 
you know, down the line. So U.S. Bank and it's national. Uh, a second one is Bank of America. Believe Bank of America does have a minimum. It does have a minimum. However, uh, it is not very high at all. And whatever minimum that you provided, you know, you can treat it as capital invested into your business. Once you start making money, you can pull it back out. You know, it's kind of like a loan to the business situation. Those are the those are the two my two top ones. U.S. Bank, Bank of America. And you talked about uh, separating funds. So how do we go about paying ourselves? Because I get that asked that question a lot. Like, how do I pay myself? And, you know, how do I separate that and all of that? For sure. So there are, um, I'm going to answer this question like two, two different ways. And it depends on your, your business entity structure, right? So it's like all this stuff is like intertwined. Seriously, that's why you have to, depending on how you want to do things that those are major consideration when choosing a business entity structure. So if you are a sole proprietor or a single member LLC, you're likely still filing on the schedule C attached to your individual 1040. If you are those two uh, entity types, you're going to take what we call a draw, right? It's called a draw. And what it is is, hey, you can take how much you want out and you can take at the frequency you want out. We just want to make sure that there is a paper trail. There's a, there's a money trail. So all your money that you're earning as a beautypreneur is going into your business bank account. You say to yourself, okay, I need to get paid, whatever. Let's say you choose weekly. Set up an automatic transfer from your business bank account to your personal bank account. And you can set this up weekly, like if you want to get paid weekly, and you can choose $1,000. If you want $1,000 every week, just set that automatic transfer up. That Those transfers between business and personal creates a money trail, right? If you are a partnership, same thing with the partnership, but if you are a corporation, it's different because you should be employing yourself as a corporation. It's not a draw. You should be like actually on payroll, getting a W-2 and having like a direct deposit through a payroll system at that point. So that's a little different. And if you don't have that in place, so if you listen to this, you got an S-Corp or a C-Corp and you don't have that in place, huge IRS red flag. Huge. You should go get on payroll immediately. So that, that's how you would do that. But again, you choose what you get paid. And I think that makes it easier because some people get confused about that. Why well, I need my money? I can't put all my money there. And, and then how am I going to pay myself and how am I going to live and all those things? And yeah. so I think, you know, you breaking it down, letting people know you could, you could pay yourself as much as you want, but have a paper trail for it. You need a trail. Yep. Yep. Because if you start pulling it out of your business, like let's say you got the business card and you just go swiping, shopping for yourself. If the IRS sees that, the minute they see that, now I worked for the IRS for eight years. The minute I would see that, oh, I don't trust any of it. I'm not trusting nothing you give me. Now I'm about to go through all of your bank statements, personal and business, because now I see your commingling funds. So now it just opens up a whole world of IRS red flags. So keep the money separate. 
Awesome, Kanisha. Well, I really enjoy having you on today. Thank you so much for sharing all your awesome tips. Uh, can you tell everybody how they can connect with you? Absolutely. Uh, my website is ComanTaxLLC.com. I am on Instagram as at ComanTax underscore the beauty CPA. Awesome. Is there anything else that you would, you know, like to share with our audience before we go today? Absolutely. This is what I'll say. Two things. My, the online course, the tax and accounting get ready toolkit, that is going to be pre-selling um, soon. So for your audience, for your audience, if they use the coupon code beauty, they can get $10 off that course. If you want to just stay in the know with me, they can text beauty CPA to 21,000. They will get all the first invitations, gift cards. They will get notifications of private webinars for all these like strategies I just gave out. I got loads more. They'll get notifications of that of, of those as well if they go ahead and text Beauty CPA to twenty one thousand, um, and they'll get notification of when that course is available as well. Um, so yes, just stay in the know of this stuff, guys. You gotta. Um, I'm not saying become a CPA or anything, but just stay in the know of the tools that are available for you to use to save money in your business. Thanks. I love that. Stay in the know. And then just make sure, even if you don't know, that you seek the help that you need. You know, don't stay... Uh, yeah. blind about something that you can find out some information about and you can hire people to help you or get the right tools in place to help you in your business. So thank you so much, Kanisha Coleman, everybody. Make sure you connect with her. I'll make sure I leave all of her information in the show notes. And as always, stay great and we're out. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today. Make sure you subscribe. Check us out on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I want to hear from you. Email me at info at businessbeautynetwork.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at IamBrandyTaylor and Facebook at IamBrandyTaylor. I want to connect with you, so let's stay connected. And remember that all things are possible if you only believe. Stay great.